Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Mistletoe Secret. I'm the pile of snow at the foot of your driveway, Trey Plotnicki. And I am the thing in Frosty's corncob pipe. Is it tobacco? Is it weed? We'll never know. Daniel Kunkel. Thank you for that one. You're welcome. I thought of it in the shower this morning. Yeah, maybe it's mint leaves. Maybe it's mint leaves. Could be green tea. Holly. Waxed holly. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Can he smoke? Does he have a... Anyway, these are questions that we can ponder for a later time. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So we're recording this... um, on Friday, right? Friday. Fri- Friday, is, today March Friday? 19th. It is uh, mm-hmm. 11.26 a.m. for me. And it is 2.26 p.m. for me. And uh, something came out yesterday that you were excited about. Something came out today that I am excited about. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Snyderverse was unleashed upon this unholy realm. Finally. Called Pl- Planet Earth. Did you watch it yesterday? No, I did not watch it yesterday. Oh, did you watch it today? I did not watch it today, no. It's 11 You haven't watched it it's yet? It's 11 a.m. I also had to, I had two things I had to do for work this morning, so. Ah, oh, dang it. I was hoping that you would be able to tell me about it because no, my, I don't plan on watching it. My dad watched it, though, and he gave, uh-huh. I think, the best um, analysis of this movie. Uh, uh, what did he say? He tweeted, he texted me out of nowhere this morning. He said, so okay. it wasn't bad. It was definitely better than the original. But I don't know if that's saying if that's like saying that Pizza Hut is better than CC's. <laughs> and have you been to a CC's pizza? I've never been to a CC's. So a pizza. CC's pizza is um, I, I think it pretty much starts at the um, like right around the Virginia Ohio that kind of eastern line, and then it's oh, south is it, of there. It's like a gotcha. So it's like this weird Midwest Southern kind of vibe. Yeah, it's a pizza buffet place, and it's really it's really um, I won't say good. But okay, but he yeah. So I think that's a pretty fair, um, pretty fair analysis of that. And then we both haven't seen um, Falcon and Winter Soldier that comes out tonight, which I am also really pumped for. No, it, it's already out today. Oh, it's out? I've already seen it. Oh, is yeah, it good? I've seen it. Yeah, it's it was fantastic. Oh, I'm ready for um, it. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's uh, what is pleasing to me. This is obviously off topic, but what's pleasing to me about the these uh television shows that marvel has been releasing is not only are they uh tonally different but good god we get uh it it is so the slow burn of Mm -hmm. the drama of these characters is uh really wonderful to watch we um so annika and i just like two days ago finished our rewatch of the mcu we got to watch captain marvel again we skipped over ant-man and the wasp and captain marvel to go straight from infinity war to endgame and we watched endgame the other day and it was awesome. Um, so we're really, yeah. really excited to go into um, go into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Speaking of uh, Zaddy Snyder, he made a movie in two thousand four, pretty pretty famous movie called Dawn of the Dead, and in it was a was an actress named Lindy Booth who happens to be the star of our film for today, Christmas Magic, the final film of twenty eleven, and Trey. Oh boy, what a good I, what one! What did to go I say? Out. What did I say last time? I mean, you you cut out most of it, but last time I, we were we spent so long like just tumbling into insanity. I was really hot, like physically. I mm-hmm. was I was sweating uh, because we were. I, I was sitting down so long talking out of my my clown ass about Hallmark movies with my headphones on. No heat was escaping my, uh, was was able to escape. I, I was boiling alive. Yes. And in my madness, I made the final connection that was so desperately needed. And then I said, and then I said, Christmas magic will be the one. Yes. I left that, I left that in. Yes. No, you did leave yeah, yeah. it in, but you left out the madness is what I meant. I cut out a lot of our madness from last yeah. week's episode. Last week's episode. To make it coherent. <laughs> to make it coherent. Last week's episode, I think, was a, a really good example of what happens when you get um, three three boys together who have known each other for a few years at this point, And you just let them go. Mm-hmm. And it was a little crazy. And I was honestly a little worried we wouldn't be able to back up all of the patootie that we were spitting. And then I watched Christmas Magic. 
and within the first five minutes, we were vindicated with this movie. Yeah. Here's what I think the thought process was when this movie was being made. I think this movie was made by someone who is like me, who likes these movies, has has come to like these movies, <laughs> and wants to subvert expectations with them. Yeah. What usually happens in Hallmark movies is somebody dies of a car crash, and that's revealed. Yeah. Right? And that's like a revelation. Mm-hmm. This movie starts with a car crash. I love it. And the person that dies in the car crash is our main character. Mm -hmm. And she, what's her name? She is... She's uh, Carrie. Carrie Blackford. Carrie. She dies in a car crash. She is a a businesswoman, a very by-the-books businesswoman. She dies in a car crash. She's an events manager, events planner. Yes. And she becomes... Daniel, an angel. Capital A, angel. An angel. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And in order to uh, ascend into heaven, she has to help a man named Scott Walker, played (laughs) by Paul McGillan. I really like him and Lindy Booth in this movie. I don't think this movie would work as well if they weren't both um, really good together. Um, I don't think the script always supports them, but I think usually they can really, really, really carry some really cute scenes together. Um, but yes, in order to earn her her access into heaven, she has to give him hope again, basically. She's got to um, revitalize his business. This is all told to her by Henry, who is an angel as well. Yes, who is like a guy who is a guiding angel. Um yeah, that was that was interesting. Like they meet in Central Park. Yeah. At night, I'm I'm unclear as if uh th- yeah, it takes place in New York. I'm unclear if Central Park the set or yeah, the setting of the Central Park for these conversations was a like a uh a mind-melding state or what if it was actually Central Park in the middle of the night. <laughs> Also, that brings up the question, like, does she, does her consciousness sleep? Because, like, I was thinking during the movie, like, she must be at such unrest, you know? Yes, yeah. Because, like, I feel like that she doesn't physically, like, can't physically sleep. Because famously, when you die, your spirit is restless. And famously, when you can't, are trying to find your path to heaven, your spirit is very restless and you cannot physically slumber right yes okay they never quite explain it yeah she like goes and scott who scott walker is runs this restaurant named scott's she's very confused about who owns the restaurant he runs this restaurant named scott's and she has to kind of revitalize it henry henry the angel is like you've got to give him business advice you got to make his business back on track because he has lost all hope since his business take takes a tumble we later learn that's a horse wash that's a lie mm-hmm. um that's not exactly why he is uh so down um so she goes to his restaurant she meets um his daughter abby and uh yeah she's lovely by the way she's great she's great yeah. i love her um she has to do a lot of stuff in this movie she helps him decorate the apartment she helps him um or sorry sorry the restaurant not the apartment she and the apartment as well but mostly the restaurant she helps him decorate the restaurant uh she helps him kind of get his uh get his mojo back in the kitchen because he's been making the same thing for forever and she's like hey this kind of sucks um Mm -hmm. please do something different so that encourages him to start cooking outside the box a bit. Do you want to explain the big moment of this movie is when she gets him this catering gig. And do you want to explain how this goes down? Cause it's wild. So like I, I thought I was missing something when that was, ha- so she goes to a gallery, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then, and then the person at the gallery go, uh, uh, 
is like, hey, you can't be in here. <laughs> yeah. Like to to Carrie, and she's like, oh, these are nice paintings. Like completely ignoring the fact that she is trespassing. And then she doesn't she like set something up with him on pretty much on. Un- so she comes in and she explains how, oh, my dad is an art critic. I can tell you how to set up your gallery successfully. And she gives him all these advice. And she's actually really, I actually really liked that scene. I thought it showed her intelligence really, really well. She comes in and she's like, look, you got to give it a catchy title. So it's the new American classic, but it's ironic. And all this like really smart advice on how to kind of play the art system a little bit and how to kind of make yourself look better. Um, even though I, I, the, his art is interesting and way better than the art that What's-His-Face already has in his restaurant, that Scott has in his restaurant. Yeah. I don't know if you clocked that one. Um, <laughs> but she's also like... It's like eat, pop art. It's pop art. It's weird, like... Yeah. 20s kind of quasi-deco, but not... Anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's like, you also need food because art critics review things better when they're when they're full, when, they're, when they got good food. Hey, you should uh, you should come meet my friend Scott. He runs this restaurant. He'll come and cater your your event. She does this whole thing in like a three minute period. She also gives the guy a new name. She just gives him a whole new name, like an art name, um, and it's wild. Um, See, so yeah, he caters. I, I, did I miss that? I think I missed that. I think I completely missed this. Really. I think so. I don't know what I was doing that I completely missed this part of the movie. It's very, it's very quick, but I don't know how you'd miss it. Well, I, I, I saw her like walk into the, the, the gallery and, and like, I remember this conversation happening, but I feel like I missed the, the nuance of this conversation that you're laying on me. How did I miss that? That's crazy. Okay. Really, really quick. So yeah, she she does all this stuff. She helps him set it up. It eventually comes out that the reason, though, the real reason that she's there, that Henry didn't tell her, because maybe he wanted her to do a bad job. I don't really know. Um, but the whole reason, the real reason he's really sad about Christmas is because, ding, 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 his wife died getting hit by a car on Christmas Eve five years ago. Was she, was she, okay, so was she hit, she was in a car. No, 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 she was she, a pedestrian. Because I also thought she, she was a, I thought she was also in a car accident, but no, Annika pointed out she was, she was a pedestrian walking home, okay. I think, and okay. she got hit by a car. So with the Lord with one hand gives, and, and, and the, the Lord takes away. away. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, um, she died, and he has been left to raise their daughter, and he was also a musician. And he was like, well, my musician can't pay for my single, for my child in this single life that I now live. So instead, I'm going to buy a restaurant in New York City. Which is a fame, a famously uh, safe way to invest your money and make sure that you can support a family. It's very safe and it's very yeah. easy. I think of every restaurant movie I've ever seen where they're like, well, we're going to buy a restaurant and it's going to work out great and we're not going to have any problems uh, financially <laughs> or otherwise because that's Yeah, financially, emotionally. There's no, there's no stress be... associated with it. It doesn't put yeah. any pressures on families or anything like that. 100% fine. Totally we, good. No chance of any sort of struggle. <laughs> um so that's that is the heart of the movie. That's the chunk. That's the big middle chunk of the movie. I don't think I've missed any big details. Let me uh, let me pull my notes here. There's the uh, there's the woman. Uh, oh yeah, then there's the there's the romantic conflict. So they have this like back and forth, but she. So there's like angel rules. There are that rules. We're now finding there out are more <laughs> rules. I love it. Oh, they're they're eight. They're. What are the three rules? There are like three rules for being an angel or something. Was it was it like clearly lined out like that? Um, pretty much. He kind of tells her one rule and then like fills her in later on some of the other ones. But you cannot interfere with free will. That's the biggest yes. rule. That's the most important yeah. one. You also you can't interact with anything or any person from your human from your living part of your life. Yeah, so like fa- like people that you have met before. Yeah, and there's, um, and there's actually, I really like the scene where she is like leaving the restaurant and she's kind of walking through the streets of New York because as you said, she can't sleep. 
Um, and she can't go back to her apartment either. So she wanders the yes. streets of New York. Um, she sees a man walking out of a flower shop. Um, oh, yeah. An older man walking out of a flower shop. Oh, and she's She goes yeah. to Henry the Angel and she's like, I saw my dad and he was buying my favorite flowers. And the whole scene is silent. She like hides in the crowd as he walks past with her flowers. And it was, I, I liked that scene a lot, personally. Yeah. I thought it was really, was... Um, really well done and showing how hard it was for her because yeah the whole carrie's whole journey through this movie is i was a businesswoman and because of that i kind of neglected the other elements of my life except then she explains why she doesn't talk to her dad and it seems at the very least mutual and i would argue more on the dad's fault than her fault <laughs> can you can you remind me yeah she has this whole monologue where she's talking to scott and she's like everything my dad did was calculated it was to all make him be in higher standing in the art world like every move he made was so calculated like, it sounds very game of thrones growing up in the blackford household <laughs> um so yes we have another dead spouse um, we learned that angels cannot interfere with free will, free which, will. which does kind of throw a wrench in our earlier movies, particularly three wise women. Yeah, that was so this is, but yeah, the, that's where I was like, th there might be um, <laughs> discrepancies, but also like who, like who's, who's being like, who's going to come there to her and like lay down the law about that? Yeah. Well, I will the whole time. I'm like, what is the punishment? If she does these things, right, that, she yeah. also she also can't reveal that she's an angel. But the little the daughter knows she's an angel, which I think we can officially canonize that little kids know when someone's an angel. Yeah. Well, so here's where I'm like, well, well, she reveals it. She was like, nobody told you, right? Like I didn't tell you. And then she's like, and then she goes, yeah, I know you're an angel. And then she's, and Claire, Carrie is like, yep. <laughs> I'm an angel. And I thought like, that was like, obviously very clearly breaking the rules. So I'm, I'm just confused as to why there wasn't like a, a lightning bolt or, um, hell, like, uh, like somebody smiting her. Yeah. Do you, you go to I'm hell? Saying? Do you get stuck in purgatory forever? Are you forced to wander the earth for all eternity? Yeah. Maybe does, does a serpent, does a serpent come up from the does cracks between yeah, does, the sidewalk and take you and bring you yeah. down? Does you know you, does Jorgen Munder the world serpent take you in his gigantic jaws to be held yes. for all time until Ragnarok? <laughs> yeah. um, I like the line, there's been a major change in your existence. This is what Henry says to Carrie when she first appears in Central Park. And he's always, he's always like, you didn't, he ne they never say she died. He's always like, there's been a major change in your existence. Things are a Wild. little different for you now. Um, oh, man. So yeah, dead, dead spouse. I literally wrote down in all caps, dead spouse, exclamation mark. Dead spouse died in a car crash, <laughs> three exclamation marks. She so, was hit as a pedestrian. <laughs> so many. I, I, it's getting to the point where it's like, how many people really die <laughs> on the 24th and 25th? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like it, one thing, because oh. I think I think we should talk about the end of this movie. The big event of this movie. Yes. yes. Spoiler alerts for the rest of the movie for the big ending of this film. But before we do that, I want to point one thing out to you. This movie had four writers in it. Three writers okay. and one story by. One of those writers was a man named... Ricky Castaneda. Okay. He wrote some other flicks you might have heard of. Notably, okay. The Case for Christmas and Mistletoe Over Manhattan. Oh man. You know what? You know what? You know what? If if we're talking about films that subvert your expectations, yeah. those are very those are easy, too easy ones. Okay, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mistletoe Over Manhattan is our Mrs. Claus movie. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then Case for Christmas is our uh, our famous Hallmark Law drama. Yeah. <laughs> regarding, uh, wait, isn't that the one where? That's Mr. Claus being. That's when they come down and try have to prove that yeah. Christmas is worth it. Okay. Yeah. He also wrote, um, he wrote, I think he's written a movie every year since then except for 2016 and i know i looked at it i looked just looked at it he has another movie next year that we're gonna watch um he has okay. another movie that this what? guy wrote so i'm yeah 
This feels maybe like our Russo brothers, but he's one man. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky Ricky Castaneda. Mr. Mr. What, who's Castaneda. the who, who's the story by? Um, the story is by a woman named Joni Kane, who is actually the founder of Passion Flicks, um, which is like um, I think like an like a Netflix erotica website. Um, okay. Yeah, she. Uh, she wanted to have an. She had an idea of a streaming service dedicated to turning romance novels into movies and series. She coined the name Passion Flicks, purchased the domain, and spent the next three years trying to sell her idea of Fifty Shades meets Netflix to Hollywood. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm good on uh, exploring that universe. I don't think I need to do that. No, I googled um, it and I pretty quickly clicked away. So she wrote a Christmas Kiss as well. I don't think Which, we haven't seen that one. No, it's. Uh, I don't think it was sold to Hallmark. Oh, well, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I will then screw that. So but, is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about this end of this movie? And I think where all of our connections are going to come from. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think. So there's, uh, there's, the, uh, there's the anti-love interest who is yeah. a co-worker of... A former um, co-worker. Of Carrie? Yeah. And... Lynette. Uh, yeah, and so they can't So they can't kiss. So Carrie and Scott, who's the restaurant owner, cannot are not allowed to smooch because that's against the angel rules. I guess, yeah, I kind of <laughs> missed where that was against the angel rules. Yeah, I think it was more so, like, you can't, like... Maybe not form attachments, because she... Uh, or it could just be her personal choice of, like, I'm going to have to leave. I have to have this right. task done by Christmas Eve. I don't want to yeah, break his I, heart. It's hard to. Um, oh, she has to leave to heaven. Yeah, she has to. Well, or or to purgatory or hell. We don't know. Yeah, correct. But she okay. has this, until yeah. Christmas Eve to solve this man's problems. Oh, sorry. There was also the line from Henry, where Carrie, I think, has a very mature conversation with Henry, where she's like. Why didn't you tell me about his wife? And Henry's like, it wasn't important. He needs, he is not important. And she's like, it's absolutely important. It's everything. Like that's how restaurants come from the heart. And he's had his heart broken. And Henry has the great line. He doesn't need psychoanalysis. He needs business advice. <laughs> Which I think needs to be our new catchphrase for business boys. Yeah, our, yeah. They don't need psychoanalysis. The they need business they advice. They need business advice. They got to um, know about these stocks. I, I really like the part of the movie where he is serving this chicken, this like horrible chicken <laughs> stuff. Uh, he's been serving it for a while. And then uh, Carrie, uh, her, uh, the daughter, Abby, asks for her dad's famous barbecue one night when the restaurant is closed. Yeah. And then Carrie comes in and tries it. And she is like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I have ever put in my mouth. Uh, you should serve this in the restaurant because your chicken is bad. And so the next, so the next day, this older lady uh, looks at. Uh, she's being served this barbecue, and she goes, "This, I, I'm just going to use chicken Marcello. I don't think that's what it is. I know. I'm the, trying to figure out which, what meal it was. Yeah. Um. So, so the old lady goes, "This isn't chicken Marcello." And then Scott's like, "I know, I know, but just try it." And then she goes, this is beef. I can't have beef. <laughs> and it's like, that is a famous thing that you don't do in a restaurant. Like you, you very intentionally, I think that's the first thing they teach you in culinary school. You give people what they order and not what they don't order because she, of those sort of dietary restriction things. And he's like trying to cram this beef down her throat. And, she's yeah. like, she's like, I don't, she's like, I want chicken picante. I don't want something yeah. spicy. Yeah, and it, and he goes, please just just eat it. And then the wait staff that is there is like, dude, are you like, come on, get get her the chicken, dude. This is <laughs> you're being insane right now. She's going to sue <laughs> us and take every last dime you have. Yeah. So, um, so okay. let's. That's heaven, the last thing. Heaven has a front office as well. We learn. Heaven does have a front office. Yeah, Henry yeah. says, I'll run it up to the front office. So keep an eye out for yeah. Heaven's front office. Which which honestly could be like a quip, but... Could be a quip. We still need to... We we need to keep an eye out Gotta for keep it. Keep an eye out for it, yeah. 
Yeah. The end of this movie. Do you want to break this down? Okay. So. I'm going to step away from the microphone and just let you go. Because this is very important. So let me, let me deal with, there's some twists. Okay. So Scott goes on a date with, uh, Carrie's rival businesswoman. And before he goes on this date, Carrie goes to the restaurant to meet with him. And Scott is at the piano singing an original song. I don't remember the lyrics to this original song. And I don't remember how it goes. But what I do remember is it was an original song. And (laughs) it's, you know, it's. There's no one to catch me. (laughs) It's this like bare naked ladies sounding song. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, yeah, it's. I would like to say it's good, but in when I when not, I inevitably when I cut it into the recap, you'll understand what I mean when I say that tonally it is it, it is with his voice, it is wild. Okay, anyway, so she goes into this restaurant, he's playing this song, and Carrie goes, Wow, that was uh that was beautiful. And then he's then he goes, Yeah, it's something my uh my wife used to play in here uh, and then he goes on this this monologue about how he misses her and like it always like keeps him calm or something so then he so she leaves he goes to the date at the date the woman goes uh it talks uh, at the di- so they the, so scott and the rival businesswoman go on a date she, the rival business businesswoman mentions carrie to scott and says, yeah, she's like in a coma. And this is very casual. And Scott's like, what'd you say her name was? And then he goes, and she goes, Carrie? Like, I don't know. And not only does this reveal that Carrie is alive, for yeah. one, Daniel, what? Like, for, so first off, if you're in a coma, you can be an angel. You could be fully alive. You could You could have full consciousness and exist in two places at once. Yeah. And so, so that for one, he dips, he hears this and is like, I got to go, I got to go to this hospital and see Carrie and like, make sure this is like for reals. Um, and he, so he runs away and gives her money for like a cab home and dinner. Very nice man, especially for someone who is struggling. (laughs) Um, two, we, uh, we find out that the. Uh, that Carrie, the person Carrie has been meeting in uh, in her uh, mind meld state, is is Scott's father. Damn. Scott's father. Yes. Who died? Yes. Scott's Scott's father who died who wants to help Scott and yep, 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 yep. Carrie is like why why did you do why did you damn me into this unholy place make me fall in love with your son and i can't kiss him like what like what are you doing here and 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 he's like it's the only thing i could do which was honestly really nuanced and it's like oh my god this is tortured and then so scott goes home and abby is like and he goes he goes uh carrie carrie she's she's alive and then abby is like i told you she was an angel daddy and 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 scott's like i should have listened to you hon and it's like no you shouldn't have no. like come on let's, no, no, no. let's be real like he was he was in the right headspace not to listen and <laughs> so he grabs his portable keyboard and he books it to the hospital and that's not a joke he took a keyboard like a piano he took a portable <laughs> piano to the hospital so they go to the hospital Scott uh, finds a nice table, sets down his keyboard. By the way, Carrie's father is there, and he's really upset. This scene is actually very sweet, and it's very quickly turned, goes from sweet to, uh, like, mind-shatteringly hilarious, but in a very sweet way. Like, I was laughing all the way through it because I literally couldn't believe my eyes. So he starts singing this song, this original song that he would sing to his, uh, that his wife would sing. Am I right on that? Right? Like his wife would sing this song. I think it was the song that he was writing before she died. And he never, he never finished it it because she had died. Oh, right. Right. So (laughs) he plays this song. And 
she wakes up from this coma that she, she's been she in. She is from going this, into like, heaven. She is walking into the light. Yeah, she's uh, she's ascending. She's ascending. Well, and walking listen, into the light. I think it was actually kind of. I think it was sort of a sweet moment because he was like, I never could finish. I never could figure out the chorus. And he sings the chorus. And it's not a it's not a great chorus. But it's he sings this chorus and she hears it. And she's like, it's a Christmas song. And the dad turns back. He's like, no, I hear a love song. Um, <laughs> she just woke from a coma. Wild. <laughs> So no, it's I like I will say I will be the first to say <laughs> this this scene is in is crazy it's wild. man it, it's so crazy it's good like, well because he good. Like, at this point he's is, realized like, she's an angel because he talks to the daughter and she's like wait 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 when you said she was an angel did you just mean she was a nice and pretty lady or did you mean she was a literal angel and the daughter was yeah. like I meant she <laughs> was a real angel why didn't you believe me. And so in yeah, the chorus, yeah. he he incorporates this. We might need to play a clip of it in this episode and the wrap up. And she like okay. she's like looks yeah. she's looking into the light and she looks back and they like did that cool effect on the music where it's like very muffled in the distance, but you can see. <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's very muffled. Oh man. It's crazy. It's like it's like the sunken yeah. place. Oh right? yeah, that's, like a that's a great way to describe. Type, it. Yeah, he's like underwater almost. Yeah, yeah. It, oh man. Yeah. No, it's so it's so crazy. And this is the last like, four or five you're... minutes of the movie. Literally, the last four or yeah. five minutes. Oh man, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it ends there, but it by gosh it does. It ends right. She wakes right up. There. Her dad is there, and the. The other dad, her love interest, is there. And then we cut forward to Christmas Day, which apparently they release her even though they were about to pull her off a life support. And it is Christmas Day when she technically wakes up. And they're about to pull her off of life support because they'd done every test. There was nothing they could figure out. There's actually a... (laughs) The nurse in this scene kills me. This nurse steals the scene because she's like sitting there watching him sing this song and just like turns off the EKG machine and so like her heart rate's like getting lower and lower and this dude's like playing this beautiful song and she's like okay uh well click it's okay bye uh, yeah, yeah I gotta we got other people yeah, dying in the weird. other room so I'm gonna go help <laughs> yeah I gotta them. go can you actually keep it down because there's brain surgery happening in a room over? We gotta, we gotta keep it down here. Well, we were, we were and watching it, and, and Annika was like, "Just what if in the background you just heard, we're losing him? Oh God, he's gone! He's gone!" <laughs> yes, they cut to somebody give me the scalpel. Christmas Day, and they are decorating the tree. And I don't know how scary scared you were for this moment, but he shows. Carrie, he's like, here is a necklace that my dead wife wore, and I got it fixed. Uh-huh. And I was watching this, and I was like, oh my god, he cannot give Carrie that necklace. And it's Christmas Day, and he opens up the box, and there's the necklace, and he gives it to the daughter. And it, the, I have the sigh of relief that came out of my body was the largest yeah, I've ever it's- given, I think. I think part of the experience watching these movies is is that I have no trust no that in uh-uh. the screenwriters no trust in these screenwriters and I actually I lean I err on the side of that they are going to uh, ruin my yes. day. <laughs> yes. So, like, they they don't. I'm not in good hands. They what they are. So, like, these moments that are supposed to be good moments that I expect the best to happen. Because, like, if I was watching any other movie, I would be like, oh my god, uh, he's gonna give it to the daughter. That was is gonna yeah. be really nice. But like in in this movie, you panic. You it, that is a moment of oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Please respect the dead. Please respect your dead wife. She is not your replacement for your wife. Like, please, 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 please. Um, I was horrified. I was, my heart was racing. So, yeah. 
I, you, you know, this movie is, um, was a treat, uh, to finish off t- 2011. Yes. Um, a real, a real special Absolutely. time. Um, any, any connections? <laughs> Maybe just one a or couple, two. I think. Just a few. <laughs> Uh, so, like, we have more, I, I think, once again, I don't think there's anything that we uh, should go too deep with this one. No. Uh, right now, because we have we have a lot to hash out for uh, putting the story mm-hmm. together. And I think this movie is very important in putting the story together. But the biggest thing that we can say is that there are, that by, against all odds... There are two Guardian Angel films. I thought there was only going to be like I was shocked. So let me actually let me throw this out to you because I think this can I think this can okay. save our con. I'm sure we were both feeling that conflict with those rules because in Three Wise Women it's very clear you cannot your Guardian Angel cannot interact with you. I want to maybe yeah. posit that uh, Lindy Booth. I've already forgot her. Uh, Carrie, Carrie is not yeah. Scott's Guardian Angel. I think, and and I, you didn't you didn't mention it, but I think this is maybe the most important takeaway. Henry talks about how, when he explains how you're actually in a coma, he says when someone dies around Christmas time, when they have a near death experience around Christmas time, they are given a chance to come back and try and fix some wrong, and that way they can. It wasn't it wasn't really like a you earn your life, but it was like you will appreciate life. And you you brought this line up. Do you want to drop that line you told me before we started recording? That I think is very it's very bad, <laughs> yeah. but it's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can I explain please, why please. it's bad after I say it? Um, so, so there's at the beginning of the movie, she's like I like she keeps talking about how like I can't believe I'm dead. Like and she's like complaining, and Henry is like. Well, stop that. <laughs> and stop it. He, he, he goes, he goes, do you, while you were alive, did you ever think about being alive? And then Carrie goes, no, of course not. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, I, I think about living while I'm alive. Yes. Constantly. I am, I am constantly co- contemplating my existence as just a person. So, like, good for her that she's not, like, you know, thinking existentially uh, a lot. It probably helped her be successful. I think successful. she would have done awful with COVID. Because <laughs> there have been many times in quarantine where I've just oh, yeah. gazed at a wall. And, and yeah. like, Annika was going to be like, are you, like, sad or are you just thinking? I was like, I'm neither. I'm just, I'm trapped. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm trapped <laughs> I am. constantly in my home. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think I think we can maybe now say there's this different category of angels. There's a whole other category of angels where they're not full angels. Like, they're not this immortal beings like the angels were in Three Wise Women. They are these Christmas yeah. angels who, at Christmas time, because of the magic of... He says the magic of Christmas, which we know then means Father Christmas. Yeah. Because of the magic of Christmas, they get a second chance. That's that's. I interesting. think that's our connection. They it are feel, they, if, the forces of heaven and the forces of Father Christmas. They are not different. Always, there is a mutual exchange going on that we've touched on throughout this whole season. This has been the angel season, man. I was listening back through some old episodes to try and find some of the data that we had mentioned. All we've talked about is is angels in heaven and Santa and the forces of magic. Well, this is, yeah, it's a super Santa and, like, kind of uh, magic-heavy year. And I like that, because now we know going forward, we know the rules for Santa. We know there are multiple Santa Clauses. So when in doubt, it's just a different Santa from a different workshop. We know Father Christmas gives all the Santas their power. We know about uh, Canaan now. We know about guardian angels. <laughs> yes, we already we knew do. about guardian angels from the first year, <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, now especially we do. Yeah. And now we know that there are also Christmas angels. See, this is int- so your your theory on Christmas angels, which I would love to Please. explore with you. This sounds like 
indentured servitude. Interesting. So this doesn't necessarily sound like it. So it sounds like it's a gift, but it's sort of like a mob boss gift. Okay. You know? Okay. Because like what's so here? Here's my thing. It is Father Christmas's job to bring joy to the world. Yes. Correct? It is uh, the guardian angel's job to sort of uh, tweak. They're like the, the people in the workshop. Okay. You know? Yeah. They, they, they like make tweaks to people's lives if, people, if things aren't going too well. Like if, if like normally <laughs> for people, you know, like a, a, like you get somebody a new Nintendo Switch that brightens yes. their whole month undoubtedly right but sometimes sometimes a switch can't can't brighten the whole month for some people sometimes they uh like in uh like for example a car crash happens at an intersection <laughs> in canaan texas and yeah. and uh, a dis- and disaster strikes an Inten- that a nintendo switch cannot yes. fix because you can't walk anymore so what then happens is sometimes a person dies around Christmas and apparently a lot of people die around <laughs> Christmas and and that person is given the opportunity to come back and with the threat of their life they are given the option quote unquote option <laughs> to fix the life of someone they love yes so i guess what i'm saying is what's preventing father christmas in like a sort of mob boss kind of way to be like set up something on the mountaintop make it real slippery up there and we're gonna careen her off the edge and then when she comes into purgatory we're gonna be like hey you're in a coma wink wink nudge nudge you can come back to life wink wink nudge nudge so long as you help me out with this other job kind of like a Two men with a baseball bat at your front door saying, hey, uh, you could pay up $1,000, but uh, if you don't, I mean, what's going to happen with those kneecaps of yours? They look pretty good. See, it feels more mutually beneficial than that to me. It feels more um, okay. like it's just kind of a deal that they came to where the angels came to Father Christmas and they were like, look, we got a lot of people that got a lot of stupid decisions around Christmas time. Can you give us some of your magic? We scratch your back. You scratch ours. You know, you give them some power. Because I want to posit that these guys, these Christmas angels, they don't get their powers from heaven like the normal angels do. They get their powers from Father Christmas. They are part of the forces of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is interesting. Because it does seem like it's a it does seem like it's a combination between the guardian angels yeah. and Father Christmas. Because what's interesting to me is Henry. Yeah. We learning that Henry is the dude's dad was mind blowing. That yeah, was, that was crazy. That was the oh, biggest plot yeah. twist. But I, I say twi- the, the twist, the twists in this movie were wild. Like they, I wish, like it was, it was actually good. Like they start actually coming good. and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. It was <laughs> yeah. um, twist a minute. But what's interesting is he and she appropriately asked him. She's like, "Why didn't you just help him?" He's like, "I can't do it." So what's holding him back? I think maybe if you're a Christmas angel and you don't complete your purpose, that's when you become a full-time angel. So then oh, that adds kind of a, a sad twist to the angels. They are beings who couldn't fix yeah. another being or themselves. And so they are cursed for forever to be a guardian angel to, to someone else, to a few other people. We know from Three Wise Gosh. Women that they have a couple of people that they watch out for. So, like, Henry's, like, sort of working off the books. That's what I was here, getting. In your mind. Yeah. So okay. maybe it's, like, an automatic system then. Because, or does Father Christmas just know that she needed to do that? I don't yeah. know. This is something we need to figure out. But I, I will say, I like your uh, goodwill a little bit better than Father Christmas. I think um, it's what you're saying. I think it's just there's not a there's not a threat of violence <laughs> as much. Yeah. I, do you like how I always turn you to go the dark. violence You go first? dark a lot, and it's good. I think it gives us a nice balance. Yeah, I do think I do think sometimes it needs to, because sometimes it is. Sometimes it just is. It's like, yeah, I mean this thing There's is no all ifs, ands, or buts about. You know? Sometimes it just is that. Yeah. 
I mean, somebody dies in every single one of these movies. Apparently, we are. Like, I have added it. I'm adding it to the website. Our added statistic of dead parents because we have so many <laughs> dead spouses in these movies. Yeah, I need to know. I need to know how many car crashes. Oh God, I we break the bank. Yeah, There's too many car crashes. Yeah. I think right now, there's so many right car, now with my math, I haven't added uh, all the movies up. I got to go back through and double check. I think right now we have more dead spouses in these movies than we two meet cutes. That's I believe because there was no meet cute in because, this movie. There's no mistletoe yeah, kiss for every for for every one meet cute. There is two dead spouses. So it's really a Christmas up. wedding tale and the case for Christmas <laughs> that puts us over the top because that's. Four dead spouses in one movie, in two movies. Then it's it's remarkable, but I'm like I'm right, right? Like I'm right. Absolutely. Every for every one meet cute, there is two people who have, have if they are tragically if they are lost parent, somebody. If they have a child in these movies. Their partner is either awful, like we saw in the Christmas Wish, or they're dead, often because of cancer or a car yeah. crash. Man. That's true. That's so true. I can, you know, I, I completely like, I, I completely forgot that's like part of the Hallmark sort of like quote unquote formula. Like I get there, there isn't like a formula, but part of what makes a Hallmark movie a Hallmark movie is the fact that there's a cute yeah. kid in it and you can't have a cute kid if you there isn't a dead a spouse because then there's no romantic interest. Without a dead oh, parent man. or a parent who is just the yeah. worst. Oh man, it's wild, Damn, dude. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about with this movie before we kind of break down what the next few episodes are going to look like? I got Beautiful. nothing, man. Uh, yeah, I think we did it. Uh, next, uh, next time you and I chat, and this is not me and you, but the viewer and I. <laughs> next time the audience hears <laughs> the us, chat. let's say that. Yes, we will be uh, recapping 2011. We're going to be setting it in stone. The 2011 we had Hallmark more movies, films. but I feel like less happened overall. Yeah, I feel... Well, here's here's where I will uh, turn mm, the tables okay. here. I feel like less has happened, but the the what has happened is Absolutely. juicier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... I I'm looking I'm really looking forward to uh doing that again. It was uh one of my favorite parts of doing it's 2010. It's fun. It's hard. It's really hard, but it's putting really, that all together. Really fun. Oh, it's really hard. I it was maddening. Um and I'm very much looking forward to uh putting it together and doing all the clips. All the and clips stuff are really fun here. to get. Like, it's 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 the best time. Yeah. It's the best part of the season. Yeah. And then and, the episode uh, after it. We have a confession to make. Right. We were a little naughty. We weren't we weren't nice like we usually are. We were a little naughty. There is one I won't call it a movie. It's a TV, it's a long form TV show event that actually was the first movie of 2011. It is a two and a half hour epic called Love's Christmas Journey, which when it was released was technically a two-part TV show. Yeah, and it's a it's a sequel it's a sequel to another thing so we started watching it first and we stopped and we racked our brains about how to put it back in the show because we don't want to just leave something out so what we've decided to do is we're going to release after the wrap-up one really long episode where you can find this movie on youtube you can find the whole thing there where we are going to watch it and we're just going to talk while we watch it. Yeah. And you can... Probably about not the movie. Probably not about the movie. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> well, we'll have watched the Snyder Cut. And we'll have two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier oh, thank to God. talk about. So. Oh, yes. Thank God. Thank God. More important. Uh, I, I will say um, I, I'm more excited to watch Love's Christmas Journey now because of its setting, which is like a Western setting. Yes. After that, we've after we watch Christmas comes home to Canaan. Because maybe it'll all connect, so, and maybe we will eat our yeah. boots about this. Maybe this will have been the biggest yeah. mistake that we'll have ever made, and I'd love that. Uh, I doubt it. And, so it won't be included in the recap, no. 
uh, as far as I know. It's a TV show. Um, it's not a movie. And I don't... Yeah, TV it's, shows it's are weird. not quite there, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for just the <laughs> novelty of that. Um, so that'll be a long one. So if you want to listen and watch yeah. along, we'll make it clear in that episode where to start and everything and, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, just a heads up, that'll be the episode. I don't know if I'll release it on that Monday afterwards. I might release it on like a Wednesday, depending on when we can record it. Um, but that's coming after the wrap up. And then right after that, we dive right into um, 2012 with a Christmas song or Christmas song. And what's the, what's the second movie? Uh, <laughs> Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Come on, man! Get this Thanksgiving propaganda out of here. I don't know here. what's There's happening no in Christmas these movies. Let's read the summary for oh, Christmas. Oh my god! Oh wait, Christmas song. I'm actually really interested in. Two schools are okay. merged, and rivalries develop between students and staff. The music teachers from the two schools try to compete <laughs> to keep their own job, and they soon start to develop feelings for one another. That's insane. Oh my god! <laughs> so okay. I think we're both hoping I'm that in. 2012 is a lot more uh, down to earth. Yeah, let's get some. Let's get grounded. Let's get some more government conspiracy. Come on. Okay, I'm done. I have. I'm been. done too. <laughs> a big been. thank you uh, to Colin Robertson oh, for yes. the use of our themes. If you haven't listened to the episode "Christmas in Canaan," it was last week's episode. Definitely check it out. It got a little wild. And um, I had to cut a good amount of it, it, but it's still a lot of craziness wrapped up in one episode. And if you have any theories that you would like to get to us before the recap comes out, uh, you can email us at mistletoesecret at gmail.com or you can go to our website, mistletoesecret.com. And we do still have a legal binding agreement that whoever sends us the first message on the website will be read on the air in its entirety. It is legally binding we took that to the notary yes and i actually need to go to the notary right after we finish recording so i can get them a, a usb uh with this audio file yeah. on it because they need so that. they can they need stamp that. it yeah. they they need that for our uh lawyer so well trey i'm gonna go watch falcon and the winter soldier <laughs> okay enjoy it's really I'm excited. good yeah and uh, for everybody else uh thanks for listening thank you and stay jingling and stay jolly